Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Let's uh, begin on uh, a topic that uh, created so much controversy uh, in the run-up to a referendum three years ago. They were sprinkling holy water and saying prayers outside our hospital setting. Whether a woman having miscarriages or having stillbirths each week or carrying their babies out in white coffins. So this is a serious issue. Uh, it's ongoing in Limerick and indeed across other hospitals across the state. There has been a promise to establish safe access zone legislation, just as uh, your earlier speaker referenced. It would just mean that, yes, people can still protest, but they can't protest within the vicinity of a maternity hospital, within the direct vicinity, because women have a right to privacy and dignity at all times. I raised it with the minister last week. What's concerning is, uh, even though this is a promise that's in the programme for government, the minister effectively told us last week that they are now uh, no longer planning to, to pass this legislation. And I just want to, to, to flag that that's not acceptable. Well, that's Limerick-based Sinn Féin Senator Paul Gavin chatting to us on the show very recently about uh, the need for safe access zones around maternity hospitals, including in Limerick. It's something the local group Together for Safety have been campaigning for, and they're saying that three years after Ireland voted to repeal the Eighth Amendment, uh, we still haven't gotten what we actually voted for. And Karen Sugru from the group joins me now. Good morning to you, Karen. How are you doing? Good morning, Joe. Thanks very much for having me on. Uh, just worth uh, reminding listeners that on the 25th of May 2018, over 66% in Limerick City and 58.1% in Limerick County of those who went to the polls voted in favour of repealing the Eighth Amendment. And of course, on a national basis, uh, it was passed uh, by uh, a reasonably significant majority as well. But a recent report reveals that one woman a day is still travelling to the UK for an abortion and only one in 10 GPs are providing the services here in Ireland. Why is this still happening? There's, there's a number of reasons um, for this. First of all, there's, there's, I suppose the biggest thing is that this is the year that uh, the, the legislation is being reviewed and this is why there is such a, a lot of talk about this at the moment. Um, three years into the legislation, a lot of problems are emerging. Um, we we found, and I'm sure that, that your listeners saw a lot of talk online and in the newspapers yesterday about three years having passed. And I think that the overwhelming feeling among activists and women and uh, people who've been impacted by this legislation is disappointment and exhaustion. We, none of us, want to have this conversation again, Joe. Um, I think we all remember very clearly how divisive and distressing it was three years ago certainly don't want to be where we are today having to talk about this again, but unfortunately we do, because three years on, the things that were promised to us haven't been given in the case of the safe access zones, and huge problems have emerged. So you mentioned that people are still having to travel one a day. One thing that we were very clear about in 2018 is that people should not have to travel for healthcare, and yet here we are. Um, there is the reason, that of course, everybody's situation is different and I couldn't comment on any individual person's experience, but there's a lot of pieces to this. Uh, first of all, the three-day waiting period is deeply problematic. Um, sometimes it puts people over 
the 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 cutoff points at which time they have to have no opportunity, no choice but to travel. Another big problem is the criminalisation um, of doctors around their diagnosis of severe anomalies. This is putting enormous pressure on doctors. And yesterday at the National Women Council's launch of their report, we heard tell of doctors who said, the only part of my practice where I can go to prison for filling out a form is in relation to this. So we have doctors who are afraid and working in a condition of fear um, where they, they it, it of course it impacts their clinical judgment if a, a prison sentence is, is hanging over them. And that's simply not acceptable. Right. Well, there was a findings from the National Women's Council um, and their report uh, says that women who are beyond 12 weeks gestation are still having to travel abroad. Only right. one in 10 GPs providing abortion services. Um, right. And uh, only half the country's maternity hospitals are signed up. Now, is this to do with the legislation is it to do with conscientious objection by some, or what? It's to do. It's to do with uh, everything really. The legislation has has problems and flaws in it that have been pointed out from the start, but are becoming very, very apparent as time goes on. Hopefully, of course, this year with repeal review, those those flaws will be will be uh, rectified, and that's of course what the the movement in Ireland is working towards now. But there's a lot of other things. Conscientious objection is, is problematic. We've had reports of conscientious objection tipping over into conscientious obstruction, whereby uh, delays, women and pregnant people have been delayed and given the runaround until the clock run down, ran down, and then they were beyond the 12-week point. So when we have a situation like that, we have... The, the experience where people just don't feel safe. They're, they're not sure where they're getting their information. And a big part of this is, is there's two elements. There's a number of rogue pregnancy agencies operating in Ireland and uh, around Limerick. There's very visible pink stickers up around the city offering incorrect information and contact information. Um, and the second thing, of course, is the lack of safe access zones. And this has a huge knock-on effect because one of the reasons the GPs aren't offering their services in some counties is because they know that if they do, they will have protesters outside of their premises. But protesters, this this is, is a really important issue and, and we need to we really need to robustly discuss it. Protesters are upset into residents, business owners, staff, medical staff, uh, people working in the hospitals, and of course pregnant people themselves, because the aim there is to uh, intimidate, to observe and to harass. And it's using tools of fear and intimidation. To, to dissuade people. Uh, at the National Women's Council event last uh, yesterday, they were talking about the way in which the legislation puts up a number of obstacles in the way of, of women and pregnant people accessing these services, services which are our right to access now, thankfully, because we did win in 2018. But the obstacles are there nonetheless. And one of these obstacles is having to pass by protesters outside the gates of in Limerick, it is the Maternity Hospital and the Irish Family Planning Clinic in, in Mallow Street. Now, we've been working closely with the Family Planning Clinic and, and businesses and residents around that area in Mallow Street, and they all talk about um, the, the 
daily protests that are taking place there, how upset they are. And in some cases, they've been subjected to verbal abuse. This has happened today. I'm talking to Karen Sugru of Together for Safety. Now, what some deem flaws in the legislation, others may argue are safeguards in the legislation. Yes, they do argue that. However, um, I suppose we need to go back to the overwhelming numbers that voted in 2018. We know, for example, that the 2018 referendum had one of the highest turnouts in the history of Irish um, referenda. We also, as you said at the start, know that 66.4% of the Irish population voted for this uh, change. And we voted on the basis that none of these things would be happening. We understood and we were told and we were promised in 2018 that there would be safe access zones around places offering termination services. Now, that was taken out of the legislation because at the time it was said it would delay it. And we were promised as a matter of dull records that we would get the safe access zones in 2019. And yet here we are in 2021 as Senator Gavin has has pointed out and we're being told that perhaps this legislation won't be put in place at all. But the other point being that, you know, if, for example, the result of the referendum had gone the other way, Mm -hmm. then clearly you and others would still have had the right to continue to make your case and perhaps to continue to protest. Oh, absolutely, Joe. And I'm really glad you you brought this up because we're, we're, we're activists. We love to protest. We we know very well that if we hadn't been able to protest in 2018, we would not have got this where it is today. So protesting is absolutely core to everything we believe. And we would never, ever suggest that people wouldn't have the right to protest. However, we do feel very strongly that people do not have the right to a captive audience to their protest. So we would love to see people protesting outside government buildings, around the streets um, of any city. That's absolutely their right, as it's our right, and we want it too, of course. However, we feel very strongly that there should be zones around healthcare providers in which no communication whatsoever by either side of the debate can take place about termination services. The other question is, why, in your view, have only half the country's maternity hospitals signed up? Well, and and any time I talk about this, I suppose I want to be very clear to be fair. I'm not a medical person and I don't work in in the services. So I'm only hearing reports. But what what I've heard and what I've read is that there's a couple of pieces to this, procedural pieces. There's the conscientious objection piece. But there's also, of course, hospitals don't want to have protesters outside their, their gates. They don't want their staff and their vulnerable uh, patients having to walk in past that. Nobody wants that. We've had reports of holy water being sprinkled, prayers being said loudly. We know we've seen in Limerick they wear religious clothes, they hold religious symbols, and they have anti-abortion branded signs. They're standing beside the gates, the one access gate of the maternity hospital in Limerick, so that there's no other yeah, no, I, I know you. Do, I know you don't mean to do this, but when you mention people praying or praying loudly, you know, it, it does suggest that you have a problem with that in and of itself. Absolutely no problem whatsoever. And I, again, and I'm delighted that this is because this is something that we would um, hear a little bit. Praying and religious freedom is extremely important. But if this was only about praying, Joe, 
why are they choosing to pray outside the family planning clinic? Why are they choosing to pray outside the, the main and only gate of the Limerick Maternity Hospital? This isn't about praying. This is about protesting. And it is about showing and displaying people as they go past trying to intimidate and and distress them. And and one other question for now, um, the review is ongoing as you know and uh, people will be entitled on both sides of this debate to make submissions uh, to uh, the Department of Health um, on it. But in terms of the GPs, what's your sense of the number of GPs in Limerick City and County who are reluctant to provide this particular service? I, I have. I couldn't speak to numbers because, of course, we don't have that data. And the reason we don't have that data is a huge number of GPs will not have their name on the public list. The reason they won't have their names on the public list is they do not want protesters outside their offices. And this is a very serious thing because it means that women and pregnant people accessing their GPs don't know whether their own GP is on the list um, until they go. If it could be a person who offers them excellent information or it could be a GP who's involved in the conscientious obstruction piece. We know that, for example... Which, which again, I'm just saying, that's what you call it, you know what I mean? I, conscientious objectors will say, well, we're objecting on the basis of conscience, conscience which we're entitled to do. Well... The, the legislation is very clear that, that GPs are obliged to pass on yes, their patients. That's right. The if, they, if they object, that's exactly right. That's, yes. So if that's that, happening, that be, that's not a problem. If it's not happening, it's a different discussion, as that's you say. Exa- that's yeah. exactly it. And we'd be very clear on that. Of course, conscientious objection, they, they are not obliged to do anything they don't feel is appropriate, but they are obliged to give the correct information in a timely manner to their patients. Okay. And we'd be very, very clear uh, about that. All right. Well, it's something we want to hear a lot about because this review three years on is happening. But thank you very much for talking to us this morning. As always, we appreciate your time and contribution. That's Karen Sugru from the Together for Safety campaign. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more.